You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Two here on a Monday. Coming off the weekend, temperature's going to be around 50 today. The call for snow missed here in the NRV. Right? Get back to your text messages, 744-2990. Many of those are uh, flying in this morning in response to uh, the game, the call, and everything else in between. Joining us now on the program, as she does. Most times on this Monday, unless she's busy wrangling her youngsters for school and so forth, it's Marv in Miami. Marvin, good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right, Rick. And I've been hearing you complain about the schools being delayed and canceled. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm dealing with something similar here. School is on today here. Yeah? Surprisingly. Although really? it is cold. It is cold. It is in the 50s. Oh. And yet, my kids are expected just to go to school like nothing's going on. <laughs> you know, it's 50 degrees right now. No no delay. Wow. No nothing. Wow. But, you so, know, we're going to do it. So y'all are toughening up, right, against bad weather. Temperatures in the mid to upper 50s, yet you're still having school. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it will be a high of 75, but that's much later in the day. Right now it's cold. <laughs> they will be, kids all over South Florida are going to school. And then, of course, they'll be sent home early because it gets a little too warm later in the day, right? you got to make sure we're doing the best we can to protect We're okay with 75. We're okay with that. <laughs> uh, well, how was your weekend? How, first of all, is everybody doing okay? I know you kind of had tough circumstances a couple yeah. weeks ago. Everybody good? Yeah, everybody's doing great. In fact, it's my daughter's birthday today. She turns nine. Oh, well, happy birthday. Exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So what do, we, what do you got planned? I know she's not listening. So what do you got planned here on uh, birthday number nine? Oh, well, she's going to get, you know, presents. She wanted to open them before school, but I still have to do it after school. Uh, so she's going to open her presents after school, and then we have a big birthday planned a party coming up at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, you love it. fun for everyone. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've invited her whole third grade class, and I hope, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, I hope it'll be so much fun for all of us. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, well, let's get your take uh, on the game. I think you and I disagree uh, a little bit, but at the same time, I think you understood. I was able to explain my point to you, regardless of whether you thought it was a hold or not, and whether, yes, technically, was it the right call? Sure. Uh, it was, again, for the second straight year, the first call, right, that they had called on defensive holding the entire game at that moment. So just your thoughts about it. Now, you're right, and your, your thought is right. You said, hey, look, during the break there, it doesn't mean the Chiefs would have lost, and you are correct. 
but we were robbed of the chance as fans to see maybe Jalen Hurts, who had outplayed Mahomes to that point, an opportunity to come down and maybe at least tie the game. Who knows? Maybe they'd gotten in the end zone, but we'll never know because that call effectively ended the game. Right? You know, I have to agree with you that you want to see that consistency. And you've you've, you've, uh, mentioned basketball. You know, I I watch basketball all the time. You know, if they're going to call every little thing, you got to call every little thing from the first minute. You can't start calling every little thing, you know, at the end of the second uh, half. So I agree that there should have been that consistency there. Um, But I also, I guess I, I, I don't think that it had that not been called. I don't think they would say, oh, that cost them the game. I don't think you can can say that. Um, I just think the Chiefs were really hot in the second half um, with the way they were playing uh, offensively, and it's hard. Like, if I am on the staff of the Eagles, I say, well, gosh, we should have we should have stopped them. I mean, there, there are times when we got a field goal in the second half, we should have had a touchdown. And so I just don't think they can come back and say, oh, that call, that, that's why we lost the game. I mean, you lost the game because the second half, you just couldn't stop Chiefs offense. Well, that's, they, did, mean, they couldn't. Isn't that fair? Uh, I mean, that's yeah, fair they, too, I think. They couldn't, but the bottom line is, I mean, it's inarguable that that ended the game. They were able to run the time down. They kicked the field goal. The game was over. The call allowed the Chiefs to end the game. But you're right. I mean, the other part of it is, you know, whatever happened at halftime, the Eagles' defense looked anything but the number two ranked unit in the league. I mean, there's no question about that. I, and you know, but I just we I just think we got robbed of what could have gone down as the best Super Bowl. You know, we always do that, right? Immediate things we see are the best or the worst, but it had a chance. I mean, that thing's 35-35. It's 38-35, and Jalen Hurts gets him down there and punches that in the end zone with 10 seconds to go. I mean, we're thinking, wow, that's an all-timer. Now. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could have run in another score, but <laughs> right, I just, right. I don't know what happened. I just feel like I don't know. Like you, at the end of the uh, first half, you saw Mahomes was hobbling off the field, right? Yeah, it was he all re-injured drama. that ankle, yeah. and it seemed like they should have taken advantage of that. Um, by take advantage, I don't mean like try to re-injure him, but I mean he was slowed a bit. He was supposed to be slowed a bit, right? So yeah, he was happen. fine. He didn't look slowed at all. I think he took an Advil at halftime. He was and, fine. Uh, <laughs> One Advil. <laughs> here you yeah, go. He hey Patrick. He two. Patrick here. You need you need a couple of Advil. How's the ankle? That'll help. <laughs> he might have taken two. Yeah, maybe. He came out. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, here's an Advil. Oh, oh that's. Of course, he would have. He just sounded like you know that gruff voice of he's got. He's got such a unique voice. Why does he sound like an old guy? I don't know. He always kind of talks so like this. He kind of sounds a little like Cookie Monster, <laughs> doesn't he? I mean, he's a great player, uh, but I love his voice. I think it's great. I think it's unique anyway. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It is unique. It's definitely unique. And uh, he's, he's like a unique guy. And, <laughs> you know, this was an interesting game because the Eagles jumped out there and they had that uh, two-point lead. And uh, for just a moment, I thought, did I get this wrong? Because, you know, I had called it for the Chiefs. I said, did I get this wrong? But then I remembered, you know, they've got Patrick Mahomes. You know, Andy Reid's back there figuring it, it, it's, it's going to be okay. And, uh, yes, they did win, as I predicted. <laughs> true. True. 
All right. Wait a minute. Did we have breaking news over the weekend, Marva? I was gonna. I was almost gonna text you. I got back so late from Charleston. Am I looking at this correctly, Marva? North Carolina's men's basketball team won a game. Really? Oh, uh, I. Huh. Yeah, that's just what. This is not funny at all. What? Um, what? What? Carolina men's basketball coming off. And I, I'm just surprised you hadn't talked about this yet. This is a big game of the weekend. Huh. Um. Everyone else is talking about it. You know, UNC taking on Clemson at home. Um, <laughs> must win. You know, must win game, as you mentioned, coming off a three-game split. Three yeah. games. Uh, three. You know, three. One-point loss to Pitt at home. You know, lost, close loss to Duke on the road. Uh, of what could have been a massive blowout against Wake in the first uh, half. And then the second half came back and made it a game, but still lost. So, yeah, three losses. Uh, you know, Joe Lenardi talking about the Heels, one of the last four teams in the tournament uh, coming in. If they had lost on Saturday, would have put them outside looking in. So, you know, this comes as there are rumors swirling around the program about some off-court trouble between two of the starters. Clemson also came into Chapel Hill with a, a, after a close loss to Miami. So, you know, both teams looking to, to get back uh, to winning, but Carolina just dominated this one, you know, like the Dean Dome was rocking excitement. You know, everybody knew in the crowd what was at stake for this team. And Caleb Love, a player who has just faced so much criticism over his shot selection uh, in Carolina losses, he really came out and set the tone early with his defense. You know, he took a hard charge um, later in the first half his backcourt mate rj davis did the same thing um that got everybody fired up you know carolina was able to force a shot clock violation against clemson with the defense just was smothering them um everyone so dialed in i would also led to some great plays on offense so uh the heels were particularly hot from three in this game which has been a problem throughout the losses just been just so cold uh from three but on this game, Canelo had six threes in the first half. Love had uh, three of those six. Armando Baker had a big dunk to end the first half. And Carolina also out-rebounded Clemson in the half, 22-12. to 12. Uh, That was a big difference. Uh, for Clemson, they had um, T.J. Hall really shot the ball well for them in that first half. He scored 12 points early, finished the game with 18. At halftime, the score was 42-33 Carolina. And I learned, uh, thanks to the broadcast, this great stat, that Carolina is 33-4 and <laughs> when leading at halftime under Hubert Davis. That doesn't happen very and often just, nowadays, so, yeah. <clears throat> well, what? <laughs> anyway, came out with the same intensity in the second half. Um, you know, more of the same. I love continue to shoot the ball well, continue to have defensive intensity. Uh, you know, Baycott got another double-double, and then with just under five minutes left to play, Clemson took out its starters. You know, they waving the white flag at this point. The score was 80-55 to 55 then. A minute later, Carolina did the same thing. Uh, love led the heels in scoring 23 points, but it was really a team effort. I mean, it was Love, Baycott, and Davis combined for 59 of Carolina's 91 points. Uh, the final score was 91 to 71 heels. UNC is at home tonight yep. against Miami. It was going to be another, yep. you know, hard. You better hard get game. that one tonight. Clemson is at home against Florida State. Yeah, need that game. Got to get I mean, that it one. It really doesn't get easy. I mean, if you look at the schedule, I mean, Carolina's going to face NC State at home. 
I'm going to have to play Virginia, uh, be at home. Uh, I have to, and always, as usual, end the season against Duke. So it's 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 a rough road. But if Carolina plays the way they can play, um, it, it it they have the potential to win all of those games. I think you're going to um, win tonight. Just, I think you're going to win tonight. I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I think, think so. I think they're going to show up and win tonight. I do. I think so too, and I just think it's. You know, you don't like this as a fan of basketball watching this when you know a team is not playing up to their potential. But it's just, Carolina definitely has the ability to turn this on and, you know, blow people out just like they did. I mean, I think Carolina was tired of hearing about Clemson and how, you know, they're having such a great season. And, you know, they're having such a great season, but they're still projected as, the, you know, not the, the best seed in the tournament um, because they, they don't play a uh, competition that's good enough. So, yes, they've been winning, but, you know, who have they been playing? But they, they have been doing great, you know, in conference. Um, but, you know, Clemson's only won in the Dean Dome once. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't I mean, yeah. like, I mean, once ever, Rick. I know. It's insane, the isn't it? Of that. Yeah. Clemson's so, a yeah, farce, they've won though. there once. We knew Clemson was a farce, right? I mean, I never bought Clemson. You know, I really didn't. I never really bought them. They've lost three in a row now. I kept saying that here on the show, and I know they were in first. Like, I'm not buying Pitt, all right? I think UVA's the best team. Miami's there. But there's no question that Duke and or Carolina, Virginia Tech, even if they can uh, be more consistent. There's so many. It's just kind of wide open, isn't it, the ACC? Virginia notwithstanding, it it's just kind of wide open. And I also think Virginia, I think Carolina has a good shot at beating Virginia in the rematch at home. Uh, Carolina's only lost one game at home this season. Uh, that was a close one against Pitt. They lost by one point. It's back-to-back years, um, too, right? They lost, and I just yeah. think with, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's infuriating. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, with, with the whole thing with uh, the game against UVA, you know, you remember that's the game that Baycott went out with less than two minutes played. He went out with an injury. Um, I think, you know, if, if you know, he's able to stay healthy, and I, I think Carolina can beat uh, Virginia. Um, I think Carolina needs to, you know, force its will on Virginia and make them play what Carolina wants to play, and there's a chance there. I mean, I didn't get to see the game with Tech and UVA, but I was, you know, happy to hear about it. I wonder how many of these teams are going to make it to the tournament, right? I mean, I wonder how that's going to go in terms of the committee and – you know, what they're looking at with the net rank. I wonder how it's going to go because the league is it's ranked below a couple of mid-majors right now in terms of overall net ranking. So I wonder how this is going to affect the at-large burst, right? Well, I, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I'm looking at this. I was just pulling up this while you while you were talking, pulling up the, the conference records. And, you know, I think we're definitely going to see, you know, the, the top teams in the conference are going to be there. I don't know what their seedings are going to be. Um, but, you know, you're going to see UVA, Pitt, Miami, Clemson. They're going to make the tournament. Um, I think it's interesting that they're saying, uh, were they saying NC State was questionable? Yeah, I know. Well, they have a pretty good record. Yeah, but I guess it's because they feel like they haven't yeah. beaten anybody. They feel like they yeah, haven't beaten anybody. But right. I, I right. think they should still be there. I think they should be there. No, you're right. Um, I think that's exactly the argument. I really do. I think. I don't – I. You know, yes, they should play tougher competition, but I still, you know, you get 20 wins, you know, and you're in a major conference. Usually, you know, you're in, right? They'll make it. They're 36 this morning in the in the net, so that'll get them in. You know, you guys are 40 in the net, even at your record. So, I mean, 
Carolina's going to get in unless they just fall off the cliff. At the Which end. I just don't see happening. Yeah. I think it's going to be I'm with you. Uh, I'm with get you. in and I think be a tough tough out. And, you know, I, I said they were going to win it all. And I, I, I will still stand by that, Rick, today. <laughs> okay. All right. We're at 13. I'm still standing by that because – I mean, would you be surprised if it happens? Yeah, actually. Would, would you be like, oh, my gosh, I never saw that coming? Yeah, I'd be pretty surprised. I, I'd be pretty surprised no, if I, Carolina wins the title. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh. <laughs> if, if Carolina plays locked in like they did on uh, Saturday, biggest game of the weekend, a lot of people are saying, I would not. Well, let's see how you do tonight. I think tonight's going to say a whole lot. I think you win tonight, you kind of put the yeah. whole thing to bed, and I think it's just going to be a foregone conclusion. You know, I really do. That Carolina wins it all? Well, no. I mean, that they'll get considered. No, I'm not going to jump the shark like that. I I think they'll get in pretty easily if they win tonight. Unless, of course, they go into that tailspin. Because they do have some, like you mentioned, they have opportunities for some uh, higher profile wins here. Some tough tough games ahead, but I I think there's lots of opportunities there. So, you know, I'm always, you know... Excited about Carolina. I'm always excited about the conference. You know, I hope as many teams get in as, as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I it, it bothers me. Even though obviously not a NC State fan, but it bothers me to look at their record and say people say, "Oh, they're not gonna. They may not make it." Like I, I'm not saying they need to deserve a top seed, but you know. Well, you know what surprises me though, Marva? The, the ACC Virginia is the highest. You know where ACC's uh, Virginia out of the ACC. You know what their ranking shows up as in the net? No. What does it show? 14. See, that surprises me. Mm. That seems a little low, and I think that's what's wrong with the league's profile right now. Like, the next ACC team doesn't show up until Duke at 31. So you go from 14 to 31 in the net. Yeah, that shows you that that's why everybody's like, well, I don't know. We'll see if teams like Wake get in. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Why is it so complicated, though? Well, I Rick? don't know. I, I don't understand what all even go. What all goes simpler. in? Well, I think I'd like to just sit there in a room. I'd like to be in there. David Teal has actually done that. I'd like to sit there in a room, right, and, and just and watch just how they. Yeah, and watch how they put it together. Yeah, I'd like to see because I don't know what all goes into it. I really don't. I really, really don't. But anyway, I think you'll be okay if you win tonight. That's the bottom line. Well, how many teams are you thinking? I mean, I know it's still plenty of basketball to be played, but... For the ACC? Yes. All right. Well, if I'm being honest about it, I think you look at it. I think Virginia's in. I think Miami's in. I think uh, Duke is going to get in, looking at their profile. I think Carolina, if they win tonight, will be in. I don't know. I think State will get in. Clemson probably... They've lost three in a row. They're not showing up anywhere in the net. Wake, I think they're best a borderline team. So I think the ACC will get six, five or six, right? Five or six. Okay. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, if you have a losing record in the conference, you're not going to get in. That's why Tech. No, is, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, we know that they're not. They're, that's not going to happen. Tech's going to win you know, the tournament. You win the, the, the tournament, correct, the correct. conference tournament. Tech's looking at the same scenario after that home loss that they had against BC. That's the one that knocked Tech out right now. That that was a terrible, terrible loss for them. Syracuse isn't very good. I don't know. I just think it's six teams. I'm gonna go. I'll stick with six. They still want the high profile ACC there, you know. So I'm gonna go six teams, depending on what happens in other okay. tournaments. You might have some upsets in tournaments and so forth, but we'll see. We'll see. 
possible? Do you think there could be like as many as nine, or is that just out of the question? No, not this year. I don't think that's happening this year. Unless, no, no I don't think so. I'm going to stick with six. I'm going to go okay. with six. I'm going go to say it's be between six and nine. Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. It's, there's we'll no, see. We'll there's, see. There's no applied science to this. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? No, it's just fun. I mean, it's yeah, fun to talk exactly. about. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely it is. And we'll see, you know, now that, that football is over, you know, we can devote all of our time to this. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Well, listen, I hope you have a great ninth birthday celebration with your firstborn. Yes, and you can, you're welcome to come down if you'd like to meet us. Well, I might do that. I might, I, might, I might get the private jet going, and I might be down there. I like to hang out on your birthday. I like to eat some cake. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, some of that great Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Yeah, absolutely. Big Chuck E. Cheese thing oh, to the birthday girl. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I won't, I, won't full you're de- to I won't full details next week if I can't make it, all right? Okay, okay. All right. Well, have fun today. Tell her I said happy birthday. I will, Rick. You have a good one. All right, you too, Ms. Marva. There you go. That's Marva in Miami dealing with those mid-50s temperatures this morning. Woo! Yet, all the Miami kids went to school. (laughs) We'll be back. Stay with us. The absolute best sports talk in the New River Valley, period. And you can quote us on that. That's the fact, Jack! More Big Dog next on WRAD. All right, nearly halfway home here on this Monday. Sun is out already. Going to be a uh, nice day in the hood. Temperatures in the low 50s. 60s again. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yes. Much to the chagrin of our very biased, snow-loving weather forecasters. (laughs) Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Thanks to Marvin for joining us. Tim Thomas in about an hour as we roll along here on the Monday edition. Stay with us. More coming up. I mean, I thought Natalie was out. I did. My God. My God. My apologies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hearing Natalie and Brulia come back after commercials, how all Eagles fans are feeling today. They're just rubbing your brow going, oh. 639-4900-744-2990. Lots of reaction, of course, coming in of the uh, call at the end of the game. We've already been over this, but uh, we'll get your take on it as well if you're just waking up, chiming uh, in on it. Um, Wasn't called the entire game. 
It's not even a debate whether or not you say it was a foul, because by the rule, sure. But there are things that are let go. You know, um, had this conversation with Duke Etzel years ago. First run of the show, Duke would come on from time to time. And he would talk about how officials, their job is to call what needs to be called as a foul to the rule, but... He told me then, you know, and Roger Ayers and Mike Eads have told me the same thing, and they would come on this show and say it. They use their best, I guess you could say, judgment about when things are happening as well. There's no doubt that in a lot of cases, the game is called differently at the end. All right? Um... And a lot of times, let's be honest, especially in the NBA, it happens in college basketball, a lot of things are let go at the end as opposed to when they happen at different points of the game. That's just a fact. And Duke would talk about that. We're understanding of the situation. Now, if it's something that is egregious and has to be called, then yeah, we're going to call it and then let the chips fall where they may. But if it's a play where nobody's getting really an advantage and whether it's contact or whether the shooter initiates something, you know, and if the shot doesn't go in and it goes to overtime, they can live with that. It's just common sense, and you see it all the time in basketball, adjustments that are made with how the officiating is going. And I thought in that situation for the second straight year, when it's the first time you've called defensive holding, you haven't called that foul the whole game, and then you do that, and then the flag comes out as late as it did, then you're going to have people like us and people across the country debating as to whether or not the flag should have been thrown. And yes, I don't care what you say, if you, even if you're a Chiefs fan, it overshadows the game. And that's the problem with it, and it's what the NFL, they won't care about, they won't even address it, Roger Goodell won't talk about it, everyone in the NFL officiating is going to defend it, because it's the complete and utter lack of accountability. But today, most of the conversation is going to be revolving around that, blah, blah, blah. And that's not what we wanted, and it's what I said I dreaded last week going into the Super Bowl. Didn't want that to be the prevailing conversation coming out of the game, yet here we are. And it was a great game up to that point. You're tied at 35 Chiefs storm back. Eagles come down and score. Jalen Hurts' his third touchdown rushing, tying Terrell Davis for the record. Get the two-point conversion. They hold him on third down. Looks like the Chiefs are going to have to settle for three, but would have set up just this amazing finish to what was arguably one of the best Super Bowls ever. And then that happened. And I have people that are saying that call didn't cost them the game. It did. That in, it, it literally ended the game. All right? Now, granted, Butker had to make the field goal, but the call literally ended the game. The Eagles didn't have any time to, to do anything after that. And that's not what should have happened in this game. And all the people are saying, well, was it a foul or not? Sure. Was it a foul the other highlight replays we saw in the first, second, and third quarter? Why wasn't it called then? Answer your own question. If it's a foul at the end, it's a foul. Sure. If it's a foul in the second play of the game, then it's a foul, right? By your logic. But you wait until the most defining moment of the game, right? 
right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 639-4900-744-2990. Well, you know, we had Georgia Amar on the program last week. Great interview, by the way. She played 37 minutes yesterday. She was 6 of 11 from 3. She had 25 points, 9 assists. And Kenny Brooks' squad blew away the Knowles. 84-70. to Win number 20 on the year for the Tech women's basketball team. Now 10-4 and four in the conference. Seminoles fall to 20-7. and seven. And Tech absolutely dominated that game. I mean, they had 47 points at halftime. They led 47-25 to 25 at halftime. Big crowd. You could tell the team was feeding off of it. Huge win for the, the Tech women. Congratulations to them. I mean, Georgia Amor is just absolutely crushing it right now. She's fun to watch, man. She is a lot of fun to watch play the game. There is no question. No question about it. And Virginia Tech, their offense was clicking. Grant Basile's been on a tear. Back-to-back games with 33 points. Justin Mutz had 19. I mean, that's what, 52 points between your two baseline guys? Now, granted, Basile likes to step out too, but he was 13 of 19. He had seven rebounds. Tech had four starters in double figures. They knock off Notre Dame 93-87. So Tech gets win number 15 on the year. Now 5-9 and nine in the conference. Notre Dame uh, now 2-12 and 12 as they continue just to kind of play out the string knowing they're going to lose their coach. And it was a must win for Tech. Because you have to win these games even though it's not going to help you. They actually fell a little bit in the net rankings with that win. And they're going to fall even more when they take on uh, Georgia Tech on Wednesday. Have a chance to get some of that back with Pitt, Miami, and Duke uh, the three games after that. But once again, I think Tech's resume is basically going to come down to what they're able to do in the ACC tournament for the uh, second straight year. I believe that's where we're headed with them. Talked about the controversy in the Virginia game. They win it in overtime 69-62. They're now 11-3 in the league. Miami uh, kind of, I won't say struggled with Louisville, but they never could really get away from Louisville. It's just a one-point game at halftime. They ended up winning by eight. That's a 3-22 Louisville team, by the way. NC State got win number 20 against BC. Pitt won at Florida State. They're 11-3 in conference play. Marvin just talked about Carolina and uh, Wake Forest edged out Georgia Tech 71-70 to keep their uh, slim NCAA tournament at large berth intact. Big South, Radford Highlanders, we went on the road. Charleston, South Carolina, and got a nice win. Darius Nichols' teams won six consecutive road conference games. 45 points in each half, 90 to 71. Highlanders are 17 and 10, 11 and 3 in conference play. One game behind Asheville, who won at Presbyterian. Asheville's 20 and 7, 12 and 2 in the Big South Conference. But that's a nice, nice recovery win for Radford after that national televised home loss to Gardner Webb. Brian Antoine finished with 19 points for Radford. 
And it was great to see uh, Daquan Smith pick up his offense with 19 points. I think Quan's going to join us tomorrow in studio. I think that's going to happen tomorrow. Pretty sure it's going to happen. And Radford's got another nationally televised game coming up, man. Another nationally televised game coming up. Third one, UNC Asheville. And that's another Thursday night game. You went down to Charleston, you know it was warm. It rained from the time we pulled into the city to the time that we left, the time that we got out of the game Saturday night. (laughs) It never stopped raining in Charleston. Not one moment did it not, not rain. It was just... It was a lot. But the Highlanders got the win. And you talk about turnaround time, man. You had to jump on the bus around noon on Friday, make that long six-hour trek, get the guys in, let them get some rest, get up, shoot around the next day, then the game. And they played really well. I give credit to the players, but also the coaches did a nice job of handling that team's psyche. And I know... There are a lot of things that you hear coaches talk about and, and things that sound like a cliche. But if things prevail, especially in sports that are cliche-ish <laughs> or cliche-esque, um, it's because they're true. And Darius Nichols does not allow a win to transfer over to the preparation for the next game, even during the nine-game win streak. He didn't allow that loss. Although he made a great point. After a loss, there's a lot more questions amongst the coaching staff as to whether kids can put that one away as opposed to dwelling on a win. But they were able to do that on Saturday. Radford women got a win as well. So all four teams, the two men's teams, the two women's teams, came away with big dubs. As we continue now, we're getting down the stretch, right? We're in the middle of the month now, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Is that right? It's tomorrow, Valentine's Day. Oh, my goodness. Valentine's Day tomorrow. Get ready, gentlemen. But we have two more weeks left in the Radford season. Mid-majors get done. Some leagues a little quicker than the Power Fives. Conference tournaments coming up and we'll be jumping into bracket conversation now. Joe Lenardi's name is going to be heard a lot more than most other people's going forward (laughs) as we get into uh, the NCAA tournament in all of its glory coming up. That and you have spring training baseball now that the NFL season is over. USFL football starting up so we'll have that. But it's starting to, um, you know, transform into the warmer months. By the way, going back to the weather forecasters. So much bias going on in the media today, right, regarding politics. But the bias amongst the snow-loving weather forecasters slash meteorologists really came through this weekend. Yesterday, when the temperatures were around 38 where I live over in Reiner, it was raining really, really hard. 
I mean, it was a lot of rain. I'm very glad that the temperatures were so warm that we didn't have to deal with what that would have looked like if it had been snow or ice. But even at, you know, 5 o'clock when it was scheduled that the precipitation was going to be dwindling, I saw two or three forecasts come up. Hey, we're not, we're not completely done with the snow chances. <laughs> and going into it, there were so many people, hey, get ready, fellow snow lovers. I mean, not everybody likes the snow. Not everybody wanted to see some kind of mess on Super Bowl Sunday, especially people traveling back and forth, and maybe those people may have been partaking in a festive environment at your Super Bowl party. But they were so, so upset. And I saw so many quotes from fans and people who responded to the forecast on our local TV stations. Ah, bring it on. The more, the merrier. Pile it on. Snow us in. I just, I'll never understand that mentality. Maybe that's what's flying over the country and getting shot down. Maybe these are random weather balloons from snow lovers that are being thrown out there. Did you see all that yesterday? So you had one last week. It was allowed to go across the country from coast to coast, acting like it was no big deal. Now we're clearing airspace to shoot down everything. I don't know what's going on. Unidentified objects coming in all of a sudden. Maybe they're just weather balloons who've gone astray. People just tuning in asking me what I thought about halftime show. Um, meh, at best. First of all, I don't like any lip syncing. If you're going to do the halftime show, billion people watching, sing your songs. I give Rihanna credit for being uh, pregnant, announcing that kind of unofficially, right? She didn't come out and say it, but you could clearly see it, and then afterwards confirming, getting out there and doing that. But it just kind of, it wasn't offensive. It just, no energy. She had no energy. And maybe that was because of her condition. It was, it was just okay, you know. It didn't really stand out to me. I thought Chris Stapleton nailed the anthem. When you're out there singing that song right before the big game, just you and your guitar, man, well done. Well done. But yeah, I just, if, if you're going to be announced almost a year before that you're the Super Bowl performance at halftime or whenever they decide that over the summer and you've got time to prepare, if you're a musical artist who they consider worthy of doing the Super Bowl halftime, be able to go out and perform your songs live. Is that... Is that too much to ask? Prince did it in a deluge. Right? Playing out there, playing his guitar, just tearing down the house. Crowd interactive. Remember he had the big symbol there on stage that would light up, and then he finished off with Purple Rain, and everybody was just like, wow, what did we just watch? 
And then last night, camera messed up a few times because it showed how badly her lip syncing was off to the actual song. She would end it way early, and then it would be like three words coming out of the, <laughs> out of the uh, speakers. Just be able to sing your songs or, or, don't, or don't agree to do it. Because you're getting a lot of money, so I guess you're going to agree to do it. But yeah, that was my take. It wasn't offensive. It just it just left me with no feeling. It was just like, okay. At least at least there wasn't any kind of forced political message or political pandering being thrown down my throat. So I did appreciate that part of it. That was nice. All right, we're wrapping up hour two when we come back. Remind you what's ahead in the power hour. More of your reaction. Ton of it coming in on the text line, 744-2990 about the uh, Super Bowl, college basketball weekend, controversy in Charlottesville. Never seems to end, does it, with the officials. We'll be back. We've heard the other guys, and frankly, we've heard enough. Now shut that door and get the hell out of here! The grown-ups are talking, so sit down and listen. Yeah, that's right. Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson returns next on the WRAD Talk Network. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes. Brian writes a message on the text line. I don't understand people who are just so accepting and saying, oh, it was the right call. The only people who are agreeing with that call are either Chiefs fans or people who had money on the game, he writes. I've seen so many people act as if, oh, they had to make that call. Why are fans so easily saying, I'm okay with you taking away what should have been a great finish away? From a great game. Thanks, Brian. I agree. Yeah, 100%. And look, I'm probably not even talking about it today if once again it wasn't the first time that that call had been made throughout the entire game, which it was. And all you have to do if you record it, go back and look at some of the replays. Every time they show a guy go out in a passing route, the tugging on the jersey, the wrapping your arm around the waist was let go the entire game, much more egregious than what we saw there at the end. And yet the flag came out, and it came out late, which is something else people's missing. They didn't like. It wasn't as if it came out immediately after the contact. It was very late. And I don't have a dog in the fight. My team's so far away from the Super Bowl, I can't even imagine what it's like anymore. But come on, it spoiled what should have been a great ending. Bottom line, we'll be back with hour three, the power hour, when we come back.